0: Hi everyone, welcome to the PODEX podcast. I am Matthew, the host for today's episode. Um, The PODEX podcast series hopes to bring forth the voices of the people in the people and organizational development space, to share about what we do and to tap into our wisdom of what inspired us to begin our journey and the journey itself to where we are today. And in today's episode, we have Priscilla with us. So to give you a bit of background about Priscilla, with over 15 years of experience, her mastery and contributions to the training and education sector are recognized by Skills Futures Singapore. In 2017, Priscilla was appointed as a specialist adult educator under the Adult Education Professionalism a Professionalization Initiative. Her experience includes partnering with the business to bridge the skills gaps as an internal learning strategies and as an external consultant. Priscilla specializes in creating workplace learning solutions in her interventions as she believes that learning is beyond the classroom. Priscilla is driven by the fundamental belief that learning is a continuous journey and as a practitioner in the training and learning industry, she must walk the talk as a lifelong learner. Thus, she constantly pursues development opportunities with the most recent being her master's in learning and professional development. So without further ado, let's welcome Priscilla. Hi, Priscilla.
1: Hello. Hi, Matthew. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Glad to have you here with us. So um, first question, what motivates you to be in the P and OD space?
1: Well, I would say the five P's. The first thing, people. Um, I love meeting people and helping them to bring the best of um, themselves out. Um, The second P, it is to partner the business. So seeing things from the business perspective. And the third P, is that I get to work on various projects. Many projects is not a routine role, which excites me. Um, the fourth P, it is plus to add value to the organization and the business and of course, to the people I work with. And last but not least, the P fifth P, which is the process of learning. I do enjoy learning. Um, as I meet with different people and interact with them, I learn from them as well. So these are the five P's that motivates me.
0: Wow, I think this is really nicely summarized in a sense um, for people who are keen to explore, you know, uh, to repeat what you have shared again, you know, working with the people, helping developing them to become the better better versions or best versions of themselves, partnering with the business, you know, and engaging in projects and adding value back. And of course, um, along the way, I think what you have also shared uh, in the introduction, you know, being a lifelong learner to really enjoy the process of learning. Um, in, your, in your work that you do, maybe you can also share a bit uh, with uh, audience. What are some of the challenges that you face when you're in this space or exploring this space?
1: Yeah, sure. I think in every role, there definitely will be challenges. Um, specifically for my role, I think uh, one of the main challenges is the people, also, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of times when we want to do things differently, people wonder why. If things are working, why do we need to change? I think this is a common uh, challenge that a lot of people face. So this is one main challenge that I face. Another challenge that I face would be, um, I think we are currently really very stuck in this paradigm, right, that learning is only in the classroom. However, To be honest with you learning takes place at the workplace all the time as we are doing work when we meet with problems when we find a youtube video just to help you with that small part that is already learning at the workplace so with that how do we shift that paradigm that mindset the second thing is that after we shift that how do we quantify learning and it is happening all the time right so that's why i believe that it is very important for organizations to build a learning culture right? A learning culture is the shift of that mindset and how employees behave. I mean, in a very wonderful scenario, I hope that when people hear, you know, in the company, people hear that like, I, I, I'm going for a, a course, or I'm going to learn, hey, they get excited because they know that whatever they learn can value add to them. But unfortunately, it's not the case. I'm not sure. I'm sure not only in my company, in most companies. um. So that's the second challenge. And the third challenge, I'm not sure if you will agree, Matthew, that there seems to be a learning fatigue in the industry now. Yes, um, it seems like now it's really a bit more challenging than the past to get people to come for a training or even to join a webinar. I, I'm i thinking it probably is because of the whole COVID situation. During that two years, every other day you receive an email about a webinar that's happening. Right, Come join this webinar, come and learn, lunch and learn at... at and it's all virtual, so people are feeling very tired, you know, of learning, and it seems like it's getting harder to engage them. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I think the challenges that you have brought across are really very real, and these are really thought-provoking pointers that um, people who are in this space um, can also reflect about. You know how, you know, in this world that we are constantly experiencing change, and at the same time, people resisting changes. Um, it can be a bit hard you know to convey the message across of um, how we always want to advocate lifelong learning. And, and I like the point about what you shared that um, we have always been boxed up in that traditional um, approach to learning where it is it, it needs to happen in a training room, in a classroom and then it has to uh, do in a certain way you know and, and I feel that at the end of the day, uh, whenever I mean, even I myself as a corporate trainer, you know, or even when I do training workshops in schools, uh, one of the things that I always tell myself is you don't want your training workshop to be one that is just delivering hate knowledge. That means mm. when people bring it back, it it sometimes if it remains here, it's considered a bonus. Sometimes yeah. it's not even here, but if it's just in hate knowledge, it's a waste because it is not being translated to enhance on applied learning in their day-to-day lives, you know, in their workplaces. And I think this is when um, I, I agree that we need to relook at at how do we know that people have truly learned what they need to learn and what mm. happens thereafter, post-mortem learning. I mean, we all go into that, oh, do a survey, how satisfied are you with the trainer and stuff like that. But how does all this then quantify in terms of um, their performances at work? Do they really benefit? Do, do we see a change in the way they deal with their work? No. And I think this is something that is definitely worth exploring. And of course, the learning fatigue, I think it's so real. The fact that when we go online webinars, uh, by myself as a trainer, it's so hard to make people switch on their cameras, even though it's just a one-hour webinar. Or people mm. might be doing it for the sake of checking the boxes, like, okay, need to do uh, staff development, go there, show face, end of story, and that's it. You know, and people might not be able to really embrace and enjoy the process, you know. So I think now I think you brought up a very good point. Now that we are we are in transition from the pandemic back into an endemic, um, we have more face-to-face trainings, but at the same time, people also don't want to go for face-to-face, they don't want to travel, but yet yeah, they also don't want to do it at home through digital means because of digital fatigue. I think it's really coming back to perhaps the frequency of learning, it could be, and also not just the quantity, but also the quality. You know, you mm. could have perhaps um, a smaller amount of num- uh, times of learning, but yet we make that learning more fruitful, more meaningful, concretize it, you know, how it can be applied and not just... Um, you know, like so much hate knowledge, but it is not of contribution or of benefit to um, the workplace. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And that's why, you know, from um, the L and OD space, right? Sorry, the people in the OD space, that's where the interventions or rather the solutioning is important. How can we create structures within the organization to support that learning at the workplace, mm-hmm. Right. So even if, like what you mentioned, we cut down on the number of long training hours, but whatever that we have done in bite-sized format, how can I learn this and put it back to the workplace immediately? So as I keep doing that, I practice and I get better and better. I feel more confident at work. I do better at my workplace. And, you know, that encourages me to do it again and again. You know, learn something small and I apply to the workplace. So it's really coming up with the meaningful kind of structure that, enables and empowers employees to take ownership to dare to want to learn, mm. you know. Many nowadays people don't want to learn. Really, it's because, right, I learned already for what? I tell my boss this new idea, they shoot me down. Then for what, right? You know, this is one of the typical um, kind of um, feedback that you hear. So this is a, a paradigm shift that we we can actually, um, through the L&OD space, we can actually influence
0: Yes, I totally yeah. agree. I, I think there needs to be more conversations revolving around the transfer of learning mm. rather than what you intend to learn or what you want to learn. Mm. After that, you know, the, the conversations between um, the managers and the, the subordinates and stuff like that, you know, at, at an organizational level. If not, then we spend so much money, right? It's money, it's time, it's effort. And yet all the learnings and the knowledge goes to waste. And I think, I don't think anyone wants that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah wow. I think, I think this question that we had, we had very good pointers and I hope everyone has benefited from um, Priscilla's sharing. Now the next question, what does your work look like? Maybe just, you know, a day or, or at work. What 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 are some of the things that that you'll be involved in?
1: Well, so um, I most likely will be engaging um, some of our business leaders, you know, our leaders to understand, you know, uh, what are the new directions that we are going into. Um, Understanding the business needs is important so that I'm able to identify where are the learning gaps, where the developmental opportunities to actually bridge existing gaps. But more importantly, as our business evolves, because I think uh, the market is changing, um. what are some future skills that employees need to be the workforce of tomorrow? So my typical day would look something like that, trying to find what are some areas that we can develop our employees. And with that, it also means that I have to create strategies on how I can develop these employees. Um, sometimes, you know, we need to think of very innovative and interesting ways to engage in yeah? because like earlier on, what we mentioned, the learning fatigue, right? So no longer people want to go to the classroom. You've got to make it fun and exciting. So one some of the strategy strategies that I've used would be, for example, um, the community of practice in the organization. So most recently, um, for the community of practice that I've nurtured in the organization, we went out, we went to... Um, another organization to see how they do innovation um, on a learning journey. And then we also went for a VR simulation experience. Now we were not there at a VR um, training to actually learn how to do technical training. Most of the time, that's what people use VR for. But for this particular session, we actually did for team and leadership building. Uh, So that was something very interesting. Because it was not like a a normal kind of classroom or even a normal type of uh, learning session. And the people really enjoyed it.
0: Mm, Wow. I I really like some of these points that you have shared. For example, future of skills. How in this VUCA, what we call the Bani world, I don't know if you've heard of this term, the world that is brittle, anxious, non-linear and incomprehensible, Um, we need to really embrace what are the necessary skill sets that we need to equip ourselves with, you know, with all these ongoing changes that are happening around in the world. That it's no longer Mm -hmm. just about the skills that we had 10 years ago, but it's always evolving. And I like the Mm -hmm. point about um, building communities of practice where experts or people of interest coming together and share the best practices in the work that they do and Mm -hmm. keeping themselves relevant and updated. Uh, with mm. what you have shared, you know the new ways of learning, and I mean using gamification. And I me, mean, as you were sharing, right? At about my mind, I was just thinking there are so many leadership workshops out there. And if you ask me to sign up for another leadership workshop, I, as a participant, may also start to question. So what's so unique about this? Because okay. everyone has been churning out so many content, so much content. So what would the experience be like? And I guess mm-hmm. when we move into digitalization, leveraging on that to enhance the learning, also at the same time, not forgetting human connections. It's always that balance, right? We, we don't want to use things that are overly digitalized to the point where the human touch element is not there. So mm-hmm. yeah, but I think it's quite interesting based on what you have shared about um you know using VR as a way to learn, you know, to mm. from, make it more experiential. Yeah
1: yeah this is the first time i'm hearing bunny is it b-u-n-i
0: and brittle anxious non-linear and incomprehensible it's a term that was uh came up by i think this philosopher i can't remember um who studies philosophy if i'm not wrong and then uh, he noticed a change because of the covid situation and came out mm. with this new term yeah
1: Mm, today I learned something
0: new, Matthew. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I also learned so much from you. You know, particularly because you're more in the L and D space, and I and I hope you know people who are tuning into this episode. Um, yeah, you have learned uh, that there are some takeaways for you. You know, be you're already in the space or you're exploring uh, to come on board onto um the P and O D space. So, before we end off uh, this episode. Are there any words of encouragement that you want to give to people who are considering to join and to do the work that you do?
1: Mm, um, I would say that, you know, going with an open mind, I think um, it is a learning experience. There is no way that we can know everything. And that's why, as you do and deliver the work, enjoy the process of learning as well. Meeting different stakeholders, seeing things from multiple perspectives. I think... Um, If you are Excitable with that Yeah Do join this space And you will enjoy your work Great yeah.
0: Thank you so much Priscilla And those who are tuning in Thanks for joining us Do uh, keep a lookout for further episodes As we bring forth the voices of the people In the P&OD space um, To share what we do To tap onto our wisdom or what inspired us to begin our journey And the journey uh, to where we are today So this is the PODEX podcast And we will catch you in our next episode Goodbye, everyone. Bye.